everybody. How's it going? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke, Drew Kingsley here with you. Drew, we're actually going to kind of change it up a bit because for the first time in a few weeks, our first topic is not going to be about the undefeated Fairfield baseball team. They actually left the Stag Dome for the first time all season. We will talk about the road trip, but it's nice to actually talk about some difference for once, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, rest assured, we will get to the undefeated Fairfield baseball team. But yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of other action, a lot of other teams having some very good weeks in some very key spots in their season. And the reason why we go in this route is because two, well, four total teams, but in two different sports, competed in their respective MAC championship tournaments this weekend. So that would be men's and women's golf playing down in Disney at the Magnolia Golf Course, while men's and women's tennis competed at the Mercer County Park Tennis Complex in West Windsor, New Jersey. Fun fact, been there a few times before. Lovely golf courses in that area in very nice central Jersey, which, yes, by the way, that is a thing. It's not just north and south. There is, in fact, a central jersey. We're going to end that debate. Uh, But we're going to start with golf first, as that event finished up on the day of recording on Sunday. Men's team finished in third place in the three-day 45-hole event, shooting a team combined nine over par. Um, On the women's side, they finished fourth in the competition, in the 45 hole event, which was their best finish since placing third in 2015. We'll break down who did what over the weekend, but drew, this is a good bar now for these two programs. I mentioned about it a week or two ago, how this team likes to put, they actually have in their golf studio where they practice every day goals, short-term and long-term goals where they expect to finish in Mac competitions. And you feel right now that, that bar can be raised even farther because of the fact that not only did they have success this week, but boy, they return a lot for years to come. Oh yeah. That's, we talk about checking boxes when you're building a program and when you finish, you know, as high as you've finished in five years or six years, five tournaments, that's, that's certainly a goal top three on the men's side and fourth on the women's side. And yeah, like you said, it was very few players who had ever played this course before unless they had done so on a family vacation or something and they they just performed performed very well and you know they they faced a lot of teams with a lot of experience it was a lot of the usual suspects at the top of the leaderboard and for these these young unexperienced Fairfield teams um, I think the best way to put it is they're a better team right now than they were when they woke up Sunday morning from having gone through today's final round and have that experience under their belts now. Yeah. So the final round was an interesting one because the men's team were actually leading the competition heading into the final round with a combined team score of two over, which by the way, that is extremely hard to do because it's five scores that you're counting over a round. So that's 10 players over 36 holes shooting two over that is spectacular on a course for those who may not be familiar with professional golf that was a pga tour level course as there was for a number of years a pga tour tournament that was played down at the disney magnolia which is where this tournament was on and the palm course so if you're shooting that well from good tees difficult greens to deal with and obviously for these players not playing in Florida every week. So you have to get adjusted rather quickly 
they did excellently. But Sunday was a bit of an interesting one. Is uh, about a couple hours into the final round, there was about a two and a half hour weather delay with heavy rains, thunder and lightning coming throughout the greater Orlando area. So uh, because of how long the rain day delay was and where some players had hardly gotten onto the course, um, it was shortened. The tournament was shortened to nine holes in the final day as opposed to 18. So usually play 54 holes as opposed to what the teams played was 45. So uh, Fairfield dropped a couple of strokes on the men's side down the stretch to finish one shot outside of second place. But overall, the men put together their best finish in this tournament since 2015, where they also finished third. Uh, junior Jason Salamino, who we had on this program before, and you'll hear from him in just a moment, finished third overall on the men's side uh, with sophomores Shane DiVincenzo and Patrick McCarthy finished at a tie for fifth place. Now on the women's side, um, it was kind of a back and forth couple of days. They finished the first round in fourth place, dropped down to fifth place after the second day, but they rallied um, in the final nine holes that they were able to play where they finished third uh, as a team. No, excuse me, fourth as a team. My apologies. Uh, freshman Sydney Nethercott, after a very injury plagued season, was cleared to play basically right before this competition began. And all she did was finish in a tie for fifth, shooting seven over par which is the second best score by a freshman all weekend long. All four of those athletes were named to the Mac, uh, all Mac team and head coach Doug Holub swept the coach of the year awards for both the men's and the women's side, which is the first time in Mac history that any coach won both of those awards in the same season. So a lot that's built on, but also you have to appreciate the fact that the Fairfield teams, especially on the men's side, they were deep into the tournament with a chance to win until the final few holes. That's got to bring a lot of excitement to this program. It's, it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Part of them is going to say, you know, if there was no rain delay, if we played 18, you never know, but everybody was dealt the same hand and the stags. Yeah. They just, they stumbled a little bit on that nine hole, uh, the nine hole round today. But as I said, for a lot of them, this was their first experience with the championship being in that, starting rotation for the Stags. And I think they're probably a better team now than they were when the day began. Absolutely. And we had a chance, I had a chance afterwards to chat with Jason and Sydney about their tournaments, the tournament experience as a whole and kind of their expectations for what's to come. Because like I said, there's a lot to build on and uh, appreciation, by the way, to deputy director of athletics, Zach Dayton, who was on site uh, with the teams and was able to coordinate having both Jason and Sydney on. So here's my chat with both of them after the conclusion of Sunday's final round. So Jason, we start with you where this was a very impressive tournament for both you and the men's team. I know obviously Sunday was not the best finish in the world, but you and the rest of your team have to be really proud of the way that this whole weekend went, especially knowing that you were right there right until the end. Yeah, we were... Um... The team was really excited to be going into Sunday with the lead. We we talked about our game plan. We stuck to the same game plan all week. And we just said, go out there and just have fun because that's what this is all about in the end. And we just sadly couldn't get the job done, but we're all taking positive things away from this because it's a great experience for everyone. 
Yeah. And Sydney, for you personally, I know that this was kind of a redemption almost because I know you've been dealing with some injuries for the majority of the season, but you came back and you played very well all weekend long for you and and similar to the men's team as well. It's a lot of young cores that's coming and probably for a lot of you guys, the first time that you played this course. So are you happy with your game, how you played through the three days? Uh, Yeah, I was very happy. I just was, my main goal was to um, play smart and like, of course, try to not be in pain. And I wasn't luckily. So that was good. Yeah, I mean, that cannot be easy. I think when I talked with your coach, he said back issues, which I'm pretty sure is probably the last thing that you want to be dealing with as a golfer, right? Yeah, I was out for like, I think it was like six weeks. But I mean, I was cleared and I feel much better now. So I was excited to compete for school. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. no, without a doubt. And um, Jason, for you, I mean, it's kind of interesting how we looked and we talked in the past about how this season has been a little bit different, uh, whether it is you're just playing within your own team's groups as opposed to playing with uh, players from other schools or just a lot of one day events. But for, uh, for everybody just in general, is it nice to almost be having that normality again of playing a three-day tournament playing with other competitors and what was a very competitive environment yeah it was it was awesome we all thrived playing with different teams from within our conference I think we like that a lot more because it gives us more of like a competitive spirit as to where as you play with your teammates where it's nice to always root them on because you're you love watching them play good but it's nice to be playing with other people than your teammate because you're almost like trying to beat them in a sense. Because our goal going to each round is just keep that tee box, be the first one on that tee box. And if you beat your group, you're going to have a good day. Oh, without a doubt. And it's also interesting as well because both the men's and the women's team played a lot of one day events. Now you come down to Florida. And not only do you get to play a three-day event, but you also had multiple practice rounds. So how comfortable were both of you feeling with the course, especially that this is not a environment, not a course that you get to see every day and, you know, just add on the fact that it is a championship tournament. Um, I actually love Florida courses. So I was really excited to come down and play. And yeah, I just was, I don't know. I just wanted to play with other teams, as you said, because I think it's easier to focus and, you know, pick a goal and go from there. And I think it was good that we had the practice rounds, um, unlike most of our events this year. So I think that helped us to do better. Yeah, uh, we, the, the men's and women's team, we both love being here an extra two days for those practice rounds. Just gives you a different look on the course such as like wind aspect and where your ball is going to end up each day. And it gives you like a really good chance to come with like a good game plan. And it was just fun. We, we thrive at the experience. It's not a chance to get a play in Florida every day for golf. And we just all wanted to enjoy it. Now for both of you and Sydney, I'll ask you first, and then Jason, you could follow. This sets now a very nice bar for the future. And like I said, a lot of players are going to be coming back for following seasons, not just one season, but you have a lot of young players. So where do you think uh, both programs, the women's and the men's team can go from here? Um, I think it's cool because um, Zach was saying that this was like the best finish since like 2015 for both teams. So I think we could keep building on it 
And, you know, hopefully we put up good scores next season and we'll work hard. Yeah, pretty much the same for us. We're really excited with the way we finished. It's not how the end result, it's not the end result we really wanted, but we're just taking away the positives from it. We, every player played really well this week and there's no disregarding that. And we just, just want the best for the future. And I think this program is going in the right uh, step forward and for years to come. So again, a big thanks to everybody for making that uh, interview possible and best of luck to those programs building for the years to come. And it definitely sounds like they are raring to go. They cannot wait uh, to get actually rounds in during the summer and then we'll see them in the fall. Another team that participated in Mac tournament play this weekend was tennis. Now the men's team reached the final on Sunday, while the women's team bowed out in the semifinals, uh, the men advanced to Sunday's final at, as unfortunately the Quinnipiac men's team is that was their opponent in the semis uh, had to withdraw due to COVID concerns within the program. And our thoughts are with that team and everybody involved and hope everyone gets healthy as soon as possible. Uh, so Fairfield got a chance to compete straight into the final against the top ranked team in the region being Monmouth. Now Fairfield fell in that championship by a score of four to two. Uh, you've probably heard us say in the past out of a seven, as opposed to a six. Well in championship play, when first team reaches four wins, whether that's three singles wins in the doubles point or four singles wins, whatever have you, that's where it ends right there. There was one singles match that was still in process. Um, as Monmouth secured the victory. But despite losing, uh, Fairfield played Monmouth extremely competitively, especially in singles, where junior Kaya Gore continued his perfect run through the MAC at number one singles with a win there, as well as grad student Lewis Edwards winning at number four singles. On the women's side, they fell to eventual champion Sienna 4-1 in the semifinals, despite a win at number three singles from freshman Scarlett Hutchinson and a doubles win at the number three spot from Anna Comer and Sophia Prinos. And again, kind of the same thing that we're seeing in correlation with the golf teams, Drew. Tennis, we saw the women win the whole thing in the MAC in 2019, and the men, very, very good team with a lot of kind of bouncing some new figures in the program, some old faces coming back, but while they ran into hot teams at the wrong times, they certainly put on a season that they're definitely going to work towards and build on for years to come. I think on both the men's and women's side, uh, Fairfield will be considered a, a consistent contender for certainly next year and probably years going forward as coach Bricker and his staff keep building those programs. But yeah, they, they both ran into the eventual champions for the men. It's been, Monmouth has been the sore, the uh, thorn in their side. Typically with Fairfield would be the four seed. Now they've climbed up to the two, still have that last hill to climb in Monmouth, who kudos to them, five straight in any sport is, that's, that's something else. No, it is. I mean, it seems that our friends down in, uh, down on the shore have seemed to figure out a way to just continue stringing championships together whether it's women's soccer men's tennis they're very good on the track as well so uh well done to that group but yeah i think tennis has a, a lot to be proud of i bet there's probably something that's a little bit desired out of that weekend that they didn't get but hopefully that's again something that they can build on like our golf teams and well done to all four of those teams in completing their season and having something that they can really cherish as they go forward into the summer 
Now a team that we have been cherishing a whole lot of this year. <laughs> it is Stags baseball. They left the Stag Dome for the first time this year after going unbeaten in 20 consecutive games at Alumni Diamond. Uh, they traveled in a midweek game at St. Peter's and then went out to Manhattan, swept all those games. The records will say they're 25 and 0. That is a zero in the loss column. The still the only team in the nation that has yet to lose a game. And in those combined games, Fairfield outscored their opponents 76 to 23. Uh, a number of key contributors are going to shout three out. Mike Handel uh, had 10 hits and nine runs driven in this week. Ryan Strollo, just in the series against Manhattan alone, drove in eight runs. Sean Cullen went nine for 23 over the five games played with 11 runs driven in and nine runs scored. In total, seven different players had eight or more hits on the week. And while the pitching was not spectacular, as we have seen in weeks past, when you have a team scoring 76 runs in five games, you're probably going to win all those ballgames. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the pitching uh, we ran into their old uh, pitching coach and coach John Cole down there at Manhattan. And um, I don't know if he kept some notes from his days uh, here at Fairfield, but yeah, they, the Manhattan had some bats. They definitely, you know, had, uh, had some more success than a lot of the other Mac teams have had so far, but the, uh, the Fairfield bats were right there to put up double figure runs. I believe three out of four games against the Jaspers and just keep this thing rolling. It, I continue to be amazed that a baseball team at any level could win 25 straight games. It's absolutely insane. I even joked a couple of weeks ago that I've been uh, work. I've worked with teams in the past that have had double digit game losing streaks. So uh, winning feels so much better than losing. And I know those boys over there, they, we've said it before, they play with joy. They play with a spring in their step and they're getting, you know, the credit that they deserve. A lot of well-educated people in and amongst sports and college baseball to be exact, whether it's ESPN talent various college baseball media outlets. Our friends over at Cespedes Family Barbecue didn't think I'd be dropping that one on this podcast, but shout out to those guys, uh, along with other social media presence, are, are giving this team the due justice that they deserve. It doesn't matter what teams that you're playing. If you win 25 in a row, you have to be commended for it. It's been continually a fun ride. I'm also hearing that there might be some merch in the works as well. So stay tuned for that. It should be interesting, but um, baseball comes back home for one more scheduled home series. Drew, it's going to be against Siena this coming weekend. All four of those games are being aired on the stag sports network. And I'm anticipating if there's going to be some nice weather, we could have some very decent crowds, socially distanced crowds, of course, with masks on, uh, but it's going to be a fun series nonetheless. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's the key word. Really, is they're have this team's having a lot of fun, and you know, uh, Coach Courier and the guys have been doing you know a lot more media than usual, and they'll tell anybody that will listen. They they understand this whole, especially this whole number two in the RPI business. Like this is probably the only year that could happen. You know, Coach Courier will tell anybody who will listen if this team goes down south in February, as they typically do. Sometimes the first time they're stepping on a field is to you know play down in Florida. Uh, in February, they're probably not undefeated right now, but they're having fun with it. They're enjoying the moment. And that, that doesn't mean they're not focused. They're not taking it seriously. And for that matter, having fun is not separate from their success. Having fun is a big part of who this team is. And, and yeah, winning, winning, 
especially winning every time out certainly makes it more fun. But uh, if when you and I talk next week, if they're 27 and two or 26 and three or even 25 and four, which could happen against a very good Sienna team, they're still going to be a team that's had a lot of fun. So, oh, absolutely. And regardless of how this whole thing ends in a few weekends from now, we're probably talking about the team that's going to be very high up in the max standings, obviously still a lot to be decided, but regardless, Fairfield baseball put themselves in a very good position to be playing late into this season. And another team that's putting themselves in good positions after a very solid week this week is Fairfield softball. Now they had an eight game home week this week as they welcomed in perennial power in the league Marist as well as St. Peter's. Uh, both of those are four game sets Marist in the midweek St. Peter's on the weekend. Fairfield comes away with winning six of those eight games, which puts them you know, amongst the top of the leaders in the MAC. Now, Julie Brzezinski's team had to walk it off twice against Maris, once on Tuesday afternoon with an eighth inning solo homer from Michaela Rubin. And then on Thursday in the final game of the four game series, in order to secure the split, which is a very important thing to remember, as Fairfield softball haven't lost a series scheduled yet uh Casey Sekula walked it off with an RBI double both of those by the way coming against one of the best pitchers in the league quite frankly and uh, Marist's Callista Fippen so Fairfield able to figure out some of the best pitchers in this league well they got some pretty good pitchers and some good hitters on their own team and against St. Peter's on the weekend it wasn't the easiest of series because St. Peter's are a vastly improving team but Fairfield were able to grind out a few games in there and get some good hitting performances and others a handful of players leading the way uh, sophomore Megan Forbes who had nine hits on the week with seven runs driven in Sam Marino nine for 25 on the week nine runs scored just three hits away now from the 100 career hit mark in her career and junior shortstop Madison Robichaux had three multi-hit games against St. Peter's. So as it stands right now, Drew, there's a lot of teams that are right in the mix at the top of the standings in terms of total wins. Fairfield have 16 wins, which could be tied for second with a couple of teams still again, trying to figure out some holes here and there, but Fairfield have four games left each with Quinnipiac and Monmouth. You have to figure Fairfield wants to, earn a home quarterfinal series six of eight might be might be enough yeah those uh those home series are huge especially this the with the two out of three format there's the uncertainty if you don't win two the first day you've got to either stay overnight or come back the next day it's just being the home team it's just it's just easier if if nothing else and yeah, this team is just they're they're working hard as you've said they've never they haven't lost a series this year so they're putting themselves in good position. You know, Fairfield softball is sort of one of those one of those MAC teams that are all around the league in a number of sports where when you think about the tournament field, you're just you're just pretty sure they're going to be there in the hunt. They're never they're never an easy out. No, they're not. And they have two more home scheduled games, which will be on Wednesday against Quinnipiac. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, women's lacrosse is the last featured team of this show. They uh, improved to nine and one on Saturday with a dominant 17 to nine victory over Marist. Now Fairfield jumped out to an early four, nothing lead Marist who was playing their third game of the week after they returned to action uh, this past week after being off for more than a month due to a university pause, which by the way, just so great to see 
Marist back on the field. And I talked with Laura Field about this before the game, and she said that, yeah, well, we want to compete hard against them and try to beat them. We're just delighted that they are even there to begin with. So great job by Marist getting themselves healthy and back on the field. But they got this game back tied up at 5-5 with four minutes left. But the game changed late in the first half where Fairfield were up 7-5, to but they had two players in the box for yellow cards. So it was a seven on five offensive advantage for Maris with 46 seconds left in the first half. A goal probably gets some momentum heading into the locker room. They commit a turnover. Fairfield committed turnover to give the ball right back to him. Maris cough it right back with about 15 seconds left. And then all of a sudden Maggie Reynolds, a defender picks her head up and sees the player that you want right by the goal. That's Kelly Horning, and she dropped a 30-yard dime right on the spot just in front of a defender to get to Kelly Horning, which you bet the house on Kelly to finish it off in a 1v1, which she did. Fairfield then down two players again, mind you, going at halftime leading 8-5. They never look back, winning 17-9. Megan Graham led the group with five goals and assists, while sophomore Libby Rowe had a five-point day as well. Drew, big picture here is now Fairfield with total wins standing at nine. If they get number 10 at Monmouth on Wednesday or a Maris victory against Siena on Wednesday, they will have the MAC regular season title outright. At minimum, they already could host a quarterfinal semifinal game, but this is a very good position, one that seems all too familiar for Fairfield women's across getting to host home playoff games. Yeah, that's they really relish that opportunity you know there's there's not an easy road trip in the mac you know all of these all these teams that we're going to be talking about in the tournament are very good and are very good at home and fairfield just they're they control their own destiny that's all you can ask for especially in a season like this that started with so much uncertainty and the uncertainty never really went away but they've set themselves in position they're going to go in again on the road and play a very good monmouth team that's also fighting for playoff position. But as coach field told the team after the game, that's part of what makes this fun. There's that word again. <laughs> it's, it's fun to have something to play for all too often. Your last regular season game is just either playing out the string or just sort of the last roadblock before the tournament. But this one means a heck of a lot, especially if Fairfield wants to make a deep tournament run and do it at Rafferty stadium. Yeah. And we talked to Megan Graham and Libby Rowe about that after the game, as well as, their individual and team collective performances, as well as that pass from Maggie Reynolds, which by the way, if you haven't seen it, make sure to head over to Fairfield social media to look at it. But here is my chat with Megan and Libby after Saturday's game. Libby, we start with you first. And it seemed like the tone was set right from the start. You got the opening goal just a couple of minutes in, but this was never going to be an easy game against a Maris team that always gives Fairfield a battle. But from the perspective on the field, what made this a pretty comfortable and straightforward game? I think that we all had each other's backs and we're looking like up when we were driving and just seeing each other and we were playing together. And I think that's why we had so much success today. Megan Graham, it seems like over the last couple of weeks, it's been Megan Graham's on fire. The other fences are pretty terrified of your shot, but your free position work was very good today against a very good goalie in Delaney Galvin. So what did you have to do maybe study-wise a little bit to find the holes? Um, shout out to Delaney. Obviously, I went to school with her. She's a very good goalie. So, um, I mean, coming in, I shot to her stick about three times. I mean, that happens, but coming in, 
we really did study her and I really worked on my free positions that haven't been in my favor lately but overall our offense was just a unit and I think we've been working towards going up and being that unit together rather than individual players. You also, Libby, had a couple of key assists right at the end of the first half as well. And that was kind of the moment of the game where things were starting to change. Maris got themselves back into it. But what for you in this group that seems to be changing a lot offensively, different personnel coming in, but how has it been trying to get this chemistry together to work? Um, I honestly think that we just play how we practice how we play. Like in practice, we're looking for these open cuts like we we trust each other and we're doing it in the game too like we're not afraid to throw those assists to Ellie Graff, Deanna DeVita like they're always wide open and we trust each other and I think that's why we're playing so well. The funny thing is you talk about assists because we have to talk about the dime drop that Maggie Reynolds threw cross field with with five seconds left from both of your guys perspective you guys were two players down at that point just looking to get to halftime we've been good enough but Megan if that pass gets through Kelly Horning on goal you like your odds oh yeah I mean Kelly Horning she killed it today I mean she killed it in all aspects on the field with draws ground balls caused turnovers goals she had a hat trick I mean you're gonna trust Kelly Horning with the ball in her stick every single time it goes down the field and obviously shout out to Maggie I think it's just like our whole team is communicating and I think that's why we have that chemistry from Maggie to Kelly and all over the field Now, lastly, and I'll ask both of you guys the same question. We'll start with you, Libby, first. It's enjoyable to come here at home, win at home, now knowing that there's a strong possibility that there could be a few playoff games at home as well. You haven't had a playoff game before at home, so what are you very much looking forward to out of the experience? Honestly, just, like, the same chemistry we've been having and also, like, our sidelines. Like, I mean, I know that's, like, it's a big part of our game. Like, our sidelines are so loud, and I know that, that like has a huge it has a huge impact impact on how we play yeah and for Megan I think you you enjoyed the last time Fairfield mm-hmm. had a couple of home playoff games so how much is the group gonna build on that experience especially this year I mean coming in we have a bunch of girls that have been here before that have been at home hopefully we get to play at home um, but if we get the chance I think everyone knows what the stakes are and they know that it's great to play at home and I think that with a senior class and myself and some of the juniors that we know what it's like to be here at this point and I think just the energy is going to keep going up and it's going to be a great time. So again big thanks to both on taking a few minutes with chatting with me a couple other notes to get to uh, rowing wrapped up the regular season schedules this weekend with events in New Jersey as both teams are getting ready for their respective season ending events Uh, stay tuned for stag sports network podcast about that as we get closer to on saturday this past saturday men's lacrosse had a couple of players hit career milestones and a loss to umass dylan beckwith as we seem to be highlighting him every show uh he got a new one caa all-time leader in career assists after he dished out six helpers against the minutemen he now stands at 106 career assists along with his two goals that he scored he's at He's in a good position right now to possibly go a little bit further up the Mac and, or excuse me, the Fairfield leader. So we'll um, keep an eye on that one as well. Grad student Travis Ford netted four goals on the day to reach the 100 career point plateau. So congratulations to Dylan and Travis on that. Uh, a litany of all league honorees across a number of sports. Field hockey announced theirs. Tennis, we mentioned golf already. Men's soccer. There's a lot that we can get to, and I'm just going to tell you right now, if you want to read about all those, just make sure to head over to fairfieldstags.com, and you can check out all the individual accolades 
from those teams. Drew, before I hit the final, uh, the upcoming schedule, the final part of this show, what did I miss and what should people look forward to over the next seven days in Fairfield Athletics? Well, one thing that may not be on your schedule as far as games, but it's certainly on our calendars is on Monday at 10 a.m. Hopefully you're listening to this before then. If not, I'm sure we'll have it archived. The Alumni Hall demolition, which sounds so dramatic, but I guess we'll see for ourselves, will be live streamed on Fairfield Stag's YouTube. Um, Just head over to our website or our social media. We'll plaster it all over the place for you. But yeah, the, the building is coming down. Our beloved Alumni Hall is coming down to make way for the new Convocation Center. Um, and I know I usually sneak a shout out in here, so we'll just say, obviously, there's been a ton of work going on that's not so visually appealing, whether inside the building or putting up fences and all that. But just a shout out to everybody who's been doing that work and doing work in offices and getting contracts signed and plans drawn up and all that and everybody that will continue to do so for that work for that next year plus until we can finally see our new Fairfield U Convocation Center. Which I guess in that point we would enter the meme of Michael Scott from the office. It's happening. It's finally happening. (laughs) So make sure to keep an eye on that. Upcoming schedule for Fairfield Athletics looks like this on Wednesday, April the 28th. Softball hosts Quinnipiac in a doubleheader. I will be over there for that one. Uh, Game one starts at 2 p.m. Women's lacrosse, as we mentioned, away to Monmouth that afternoon. On Friday, the 30th men's lacrosse finishes out their season with a short road trip down Long Island to take on Hofstra. On Saturday the 1st, baseball that's May the 1st, baseball hosting Siena doubleheader game 1 starts at noon. Softball travels to Monmouth and then women's lacrosse tournament quarterfinal game against a team to be determined and a time to be determined. Make sure to stay with us on all of our socials and fairfieldstags.com for that. And then on Sunday Baseball wraps up their series against Siena with a doubleheader starting at noon. Softball, same thing, on the road at Monmouth for that. Drew, good stuff. lot to get to this week, and it all of a sudden seems like we're starting to see the end of the road slightly as we turn the calendar from April to May, but it also seems like we are going to have a lot to discuss over the next few weeks as we finish up the regular seasons and head to more postseason play. Yeah, those, those schedule reads are getting shorter, but the games are getting more and more important. And uh, as I say every Sunday night, I'm ready to dive right back in on Monday morning, get ready for these games, get ready for the Stags to come back to the Stag Dome, get ready for women's lacrosse to come back to Rafferty Stadium. Just ready for all of it. It's going to be May. As JT would say, let's get going. And with that, we're going to sign off. Make sure to stay with us on fairfieldstags.com. All of our social handles on Twitter and Instagram at Fairfield Stags and at Stag Sportsnet on Twitter. So for Drew, I'm JJ signing off. We'll talk to you all next week, but until then, go Stags.